It was a very cruel scene, executed in an unusual manner. Hey, Cruel Coven. Hi, fluffy cinnamon rolls. I fucking want a cinnamon roll. They're so gooey and comforting. Ooh, gooey. Usually gooey things aren't comforting. No, but cinnamon rolls are. (laughs) I already had my blueberry bagel today, so I'm doing okay, but I feel a bit hungry because I had my blueberry bagel at 5 a.m. You're psychotic. And it's (laughs) fucking 9.45. I woke up 20 minutes ago. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm Tori. I'm Katie. And this is Cruel and Unusual. The podcast. Someone's probably waiting for me to say, hey, all you cool cats and kittens. <laughs> I'm not going to. Hey, all you cruel cats and kittens. Cruel? <laughs> hey, all you cruel cats and crittens. <laughs> wow. That's all you're getting. I'm not going to, that's, that's not going to be one of my, one of my this greetings. Is TV land. I've not been doing as well as I was last time you heard from me. <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> Do you wish to explain? <laughs> no, but I will. I just feel like I, my brain is overloaded. That's because you're overloading your brain yeah. with different things. I Stop. have so many things loading in there that they're all stuck on like 90%. Oh, fuck, not 90%, probably like 50%. All your tabs are open. All my fucking tabs are and open. And there's music coming from one of them. And, and LimeWire and Napster has given me a few viruses. A couple, at least. At least. At least. And so I just feel like I have like these little smoke signals coming out of my ears like fucking save me please like your hard drive is overheated you don't have a fan in there to cool it off or I put a book over top of my fan like I do and then my fucking self just heats up well you know what I'm gonna do for you I'm gonna get a can of compressed air stick it in your ear and let it go yeah no I'm losing it I don't even know what it is really but it's not here anymore It's gone. I keep telling people my brain has left the building. It it's, is, it's like floating around somewhere unbeknownst to me. And I'm not having a great time about it. No. But that's okay. Because we'll get there again. It's like climbing up a little hill. Sometimes mm-hmm. you got to go down the hill to get to the other hill. If you just kept, if you just stayed at the top of the hill, you'd never get to another hill. Right. You know what I mean? So you could never have <laughs> other experiences. So right now I'm at the downward slope. And eventually it's I'm called a get valley. Back. You're in a valley. I'm in the valley. I need to get up to the peak of Mount Everest. And I would God. never climb that because that's a lot of fucking work. Well, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of dead bodies. Is there along the way? Yeah. And what? Why don't they just clean those up? Well, it's not that easy to get to get there oh. to them. Oh, <laughs> they're frozen. Oh, in, honey, like, they're hiking gear. But I mean, mountain why climbing do, gear. Yeah, don't do that kind of stuff. No. That's why we don't do physical activity, contact <laughs> sports, or sports of any kind. No, no, no. Except <laughs> like no. <laughs> sitting on my couch eating um, cheddar and sour cream. I could turn that into Chips. a sport. Yeah. And I'd win yeah. every fucking time. You fucking would win. <laughs> you, are a, you are an avid chip, family size chip eater. Oh, God. You love those. I do too. But I'm like, chips are not my thing as much as like Reese's. Yeah, you're sweets mm-hmm. more, definitely. I'm so I can't. fucking sweet. It makes me sick. To sit there and eat like a bunch of candy and chocolate. I don't even like chocolate. Yeah, I can. To- I could totally eat a king size Reese's every day of my life. Yeah, I could open a, a container of salt and just pour it down my throat. Yeah, and see, be happy. oh my god, that makes me <laughs> burn inside. Um, one more thing before we move on to the question of the motherfucking day. Um, I just wanted to announce publicly here on the podcast that I am about to gain, or maybe I already have gained, the quarantine fifteen. 
because I haven't heard of that little. Well, I just made it up. Oh, I made it up earlier. Actually, a couple. I made it up, and I'm. I made it up. If anyone says they made it up or they heard it somewhere else, you're fucking lying because my brain made it up. (laughs) Okay, in the midst of doing everything else that it's been doing, my brain made that up. Anyway, because I my husband went to Sam's Club, Mm -hmm. and I I didn't even ask for anything. I just said, if you see toilet paper. So this isn't my fault. No, I just said, if you see toilet paper, fucking run, run, sprint towards it and fucking belly flop onto it and claim it because we need. They have it at Walmart. They're stock. Well, but we don't go there. Oh. <laughs> oh we don't go to I don't, I don't want to go in there. I know. I don't want to go either. in anywhere. But, and they can't do the fucking pickup order unless no. I wake up at an ungodly hour at the night. Anyway, so we get home or whatever because I was at my grandma's um, mowing the lawn. You were mowing the lawn? Yeah. I was trying to be nice. Oh, how Rory sweet. normally does it, but since he went to Sam's Club, I decided to mow the lawn. That way he could get home at a decent hour. Gotcha. You know, just like, just give me my fucking angel wings already, would you? <laughs> Except not Victoria's Secret. I could never fucking do that angel run I don't run think I would want to. That's true. <laughs> anyway, so we get home. I have the baby, obviously. I'm getting her out of the car seat and shit. And I've noticed, I turn, and on the counter... Let me just tell you, I'm going to pull up a picture because I snapped a fucking picture. Let me tell you what I see over there on that counter. So I turn to my right, holding the baby, and I he's like bringing all the groceries in. And I look over on the kitchen counter, and what do I see? A 24-pack of Velveeta shells and cheese, <laughs> a six-pack of Hormel chili with no beans, oh boy, and a 120-pack of Slim Jims. <laughs> and those smell so bad finally a 54 i think it was 54 pack it's not in the picture um pack of oreos <laughs> 54 i think that's what it was and that's the moment in my mind i said i'm gaining the quarantine 15 honey and then it just kind of stuck in my mind i think i already have well i, I think, probably well, have I think to. before i'm gonna gain another quarantine <laughs> yeah, 15 an extra you get to it like refurbishes not refurbishes. i thought you were saying you get two <laughs> you get two um like it starts over every month and we've already yeah. been doing this for a while so fantastic victoria katie i have a question for you <laughs> Wow, look at those low <laughs> rates. I'm Eagle Man. <laughs> oh God. I'm not putting that in the fucking show notes again. <laughs> We're not embarrassing ourselves even more. <sighs> I love it. What is the scaredest you have ever been? Have you ever felt like you were going to die? And not like how you hype yourself up about like, oh my God, this might happen. In the moment, like something actually happening to you that you thought would kill you? I feel like the answer is yes, no doubt. Childbirth? <laughs> is that what you were going to no, say? No, I wasn't. No. <laughs> because once I got to that stage in childbirth, birth, <laughs> you were just like, hoo-hoo, <laughs> here we are. <laughs> once I got to that stage in childbirth, I was just like, it's fucking go big or go home time. <laughs> That's what I said to Let's myself. I said, Let's go, bitch. Let's go. You got to push your baby out, motherfucker. <laughs> and then you're going to you're gonna get to eat some fucking Chick-fil-A. <laughs> you starving bitch. Okay. Um. Yeah, they starve you. No, they really fucking do. I made Tanner. It was terrible. I made Tanner. I brought Corner specifically <laughs> in a baggie so he could go to the vending machine and sneak me food. They would have been mad at me. Rory wouldn't have. He no. would have been like, no. What if you throw up during labor well, and then they we'll have do. to do that thing that they have to do because they scare you, you know? Yeah. 
Tanner's very like I he, I said before he's very supportive of all of my like bad things. Yeah, Rory is not, Rory is the exact opposite. God, letting me know that I should not be doing like <sighs> what, eating what Oreos. A try hard. Yeah, for real. He's grounded. Um, so I know that I felt that way before. Like when you when you asked me that question, I could feel it in my bones. Yeah, I'll tell you mine first, so you can think. Okay. When I got into that car accident. Because it took a long time for my car to stop because it was ice. It was all ice. And the only thing that was going through my head was, oh, my fucking God, I'm going to die. I remember gripping the steering wheel. Just my, I could, my <laughs> eyes were huge. It's not funny. And I mean, it's kind of, I mean, I'm fine so we can laugh, but I didn't even get hurt. Right. At all. Right. But I, I was accepting that I was going to die. Um, what else? I've been sick enough. Where I thought that I might die because mm-hmm. I let an infection go too long. And mm-hmm. that really, I mean, it can kill you. But I felt like I was going, mm-hmm. I didn't even care anymore. I was just like, take me, <laughs> take me. <laughs> I could not, I had, I did not have the strength to give a shit. But no like threats from like other people, you know, like. Yeah, right. I've never been, you know, followed or, you know, anything like that or like mugged or anything. Just hearing about yours. Okay. So when I was in the hospital after I had the baby mm-hmm. and my blood pressure was like 190s over yeah. 130s. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and they were like, "You are lucky to be here because you would be dead if you were not here. You would have yeah. had a stroke." That's so scary. Yeah, um, and I'm like texting you because I hadn't heard from you. Yeah, and I'm like, "Well, she just had a baby. I'm not expecting her to text me back right away. You know, yeah. like she's sleeping or you know busy." And Rory texts me on your phone. <laughs> she's been in the hospital since whatever, whatever. I'm like, "Oh, great." <laughs> Fantastic. I love to find um, out this way, Tori. Yeah. I know that you were sick. It was very scary. <laughs> Did not have a moment to text me. No. When I, w- I, because I became like delusional. Yeah. Because of what that drip thing that they have to put you on to get your blood pressure down. Mm-hmm. And I um, have a picture in my phone still, I'm pretty sure. my It was magnesium, a magnesium drip. Yeah. It turns your face like bright fucking red. Does it? But I was the skinniest I've ever been in my whole life, honey. And it was right <laughs> after having a baby. Yeah. Because it flushes you totally out and stuff. Right. But and you already feel like a deflated balloon. Yes. When you've had a baby. I was such a fucking deflated balloon. <laughs> um, I still am. So, but um, that was really, really horrifying. When I was going through it, I remember like doctors coming in and saying, okay, we're going to have to move over to the ICU. And then... Oh God! Just a different doctor that. came in, the hospitalist, and he, he or she—I don't even—I don't even know what he or she was—said mm-hmm. um, we might have to transfer her to Loyola. Oh God! And I was like, then I freaked out. Yeah. But that I was so fucking tired and just like, like too tired to care. Like, yeah, not care. I was but, just you like, know. figure, like guys, fucking figure it out because mm-hmm. I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Um. So that was the time, and. There was another time I was thinking of when, oh, when we, Rory and I had that bad car accident. Yeah, I remember when, that. Like, we totaled that fucking car. Yeah. And the lady just turned right out in front of us, and we were going 50 mm-hmm. um, down, a, like, a, I don't know, what is 59? What does that compare? Like, a, it's not a highway. I don't know. What, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, road, we were road, going 50 road. down a fucking road, whatever, four-lane highway, four-lane road, and... um I must have lost consciousness for a minute because I, the next thing that I remember is I was screaming mm-hmm. and I was inhaling the airbag dust oh, yeah. and it was burning. Yeah. And then the fucking OnStar lady come on, came on and she was like, ma'am, you're going to need to calm down. I'm like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Don't fucking what? tell me to calm down until you're in a fucking car accident, you yeah. dumb broad. Right. Oh, and then these really nice people came. And they let me sit in the back of their car until the ambulance got there. They could have killed nice. me, but they were a nice couple. I think yeah. they had accents and they also had takeout food in the back seat. Oh, Yeah. How nice of uh-huh. them to sacrifice their hot food. Yeah, right. Um, wait, and there was one more time. 
when that guy, not the guy that we told the story of on Route 6 in the truck, but yeah. when I was like 16 and Tyler and I were driving and the guy who waved the gun. Oh, yeah. Then I was like, oh, yeah. fuck, we need to take cover. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure that there's other ones, too, that I felt like yeah. impending doom, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, that feeling. But those are the two times that I like full on accepted it because I was my car like I said my car took a long time to stop because I went off the road I went over the ditch I went through a fence I was in like the middle of a cornfield yeah I remember it took a while to get there yeah I remember (laughs) seeing the picture in that time I went from like oh my fucking god to like all right (laughs) this is it yeah and see I couldn't even accept I think the closest I really came was after the baby yeah and I could not fucking accept it I was like you guys need to figure me like figure me out because yeah. I have a child. Right. And she's like this big and she just came out of me and she needs me. Yeah. So figure me out and <laughs> send me boys. home because I want to see my child. All right. Today we're talking survival stories in case you didn't get it. Survival <laughs> stories, motherfuckers. We're talking about some badass women. We really are. My story. Okay. I love, I love this story. I don't love what happens. You know, in the beginning, middle, I love the ending. I don't think I know anything about what... And I already forgot the woman's name. <laughs> You've asked me for it. I know. I really, truly have. Okay. That's because nothing will stay in my brain. Yeah. But the last, time, the last time I asked you, I did screenshot I it. I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the story of Lisa McVeigh and how she survived an encounter with serial killer and rapist Bobby Joe Long. Ooh, Bobby Joe. I know him. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I don't know her. Okay. Lisa McVeigh not only survived, but she aided in the capture of him. Damn. Okay, Mm -hmm. Lisa. Just wait until you hear all this shit that Mm -hmm. she does. It's fucking amazing. So about this speck of diarrhea, Bobby Joe Long, during an eight-month time frame in 1984, he kidnapped, raped, and murdered 10 women. Wow. So yeah, 10 women in eight months. That's crazy, though. Yeah. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. And I'm sure people have killed way more than that, but like to know concrete mm-hmm. or like over years right killed a bunch of, but like right. in eight months this guy was yeah. mad this all happened in the tampa bay area of florida yeah okay so that little that's on the gulf coast over there i think right i don't go there i don't i hate florida i don't know there's a bunch <laughs> Sorry of if you live in florida there's a bunch of old state. people there i don't i don't, I don't like the beach know. i don't like the sun i, I don't do. like sand i do I don't like fucking fish and swimming in their shit. I wish I like it. I wish that there was a way to enjoy the beach on a gloomy day. Because <laughs> that's what I would nasty, like. Dude. I love it. I love the feeling. Like oh, that's just, no, that's why I hate it. Just thinking of it, just thinking of it, like oh. digging my toes oh, and in all there. like the stuff that lives mm, in there and like I the mites it. that you bring home. Love it. <laughs> Sand mites. Love everything. I, I don't know. Oh, Maybe. Oh, I hate <laughs> thinking about it. It's like cotton. I yeah, hate, like, I don't mind cotton, cotton either. Balls. Here. <sighs> My heart's beating really fast. <laughs> okay. Long was born in West Virginia and raised by a single mom. He just so happened to suffer multiple head injuries. Oh, just so happened. Mm-hmm. Okay. As a kid. Okay. Imagine that. Normal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's said that Long had a strange relationship with his mom. He slept in bed with her until he was a teen. Okay. Also normal. <laughs> Once again, imagine that. I no, really <laughs> I don't want I don't to <laughs> imagine that. No, just like hmm, go figure. <laughs> and whenever his mom would get a boyfriend, he did not like it one bit. Bates Motel. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm ca- I'm following. Yes, it's Norman and Norma. Norman, <laughs> Norma. <laughs> Norma. In- <laughs> 
1974, Long married his high school sweetheart, and they had two kids together before she filed for divorce in 1980. Probably because he liked to go to his mom's house for sleepovers. Probably. I wouldn't like that either. But I'm sure he just did all sorts of wonderful I'm things. Sure. <laughs> Sounds like a solid man. Yeah. Before he started losing his shit all over Tampa Bay, Long raped at least 50 women Ew. and was known as the classified ad rapist in Fort Lauderdale, Ocala, Miami, and Dade County. Disgusting. He would find classified ads for small appliances to buy, and when he would go to these houses to look at them or whatever, if he saw that it was a woman home alone, he would rape her. He was tried and found guilty of rape in 1981, but the fucking prick hole requested a new trial, and the charges ended up getting dropped. Of course. Yes. Before all of this... Imagine that. Yeah, imagine that. Before all of this, he lived in Long Beach, California, and he used the same classified ad MO to find women home alone. He would ask to use their bathroom, pull out his trusty rape kit, and savagely rape and rob them. A rape kit. Just to even just think, oh, I need to have a rape kit. Like, to think that far into it. Plan that far in. Uh Ugh. Ladies... Don't put classified ads out. Don't, you know what I was thinking? Just if you are selling things, which a lot of people are doing, especially right now, the good thing about right now, I guess, is that you can do like curbside pickup. You can just be like, okay, I'm going to leave it out here. Venmo me my money. Yeah. But like uh, when this isn't happening, so many people are so trusting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like come inside and get my couch. Okay. My friend's about to get here. Yeah. Um, Especially here, like small town. Yeah. Farm communities. There's... I know at the police station in in Morris, there's like um, a sign that says internet purchase meetup spot. Oh, really? So that's a real, I think that's a good idea. And do it. And people, trust all your guts. Trust all your guts. If someone seems sketch sketch, they yeah. are. They, they absolutely and just are. just don't do it. It's not worth getting the $5 for your, your throw pillow. I'll, I will give you $5. Yeah. You can mm-hmm. keep your fucking throw pillow. Mm-hmm. Don't, or, just don't. You need to, your yeah. guts... Your guts are right. Yes. Trust them all. And if a man comes to your door and he's like, hey, I'm here for your blah, 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 blah. Be like, okay, my husband, brother, uncle, and dad get home mm-hmm. <laughs> in two minutes. They'll be right here yeah. around the corner. Or just straight up say, you know, I I don't want to do a porch pickup or at my house because then they know where you live. Exactly. It's and not never only like put them- your fucking address out there. Right. Yep. Or And make sure your fucking location services are off. We're not telling you this to be paranoid. We're telling you this because there are some fucked up people in this world. Yes, it's true. It's true. Yeah, so meet up somewhere. Meet up somewhere public. Public. Please. It's fine. And I'm not even saying like, oh, you should wait till your husband's home because your husband's your protector. But notoriously, if a man comes to your door and they see that another man is there, mm-hmm. they're not going to try shit with you. If right. they know or see that you're home alone, they're going to try shit with you. And if you can't properly defend yourself, you're going to be fucked. Yep. Anyway. So he moved to the Tampa Bay area in 1983. And 1984 is when he began not only raping his victims, but killing them too. He'd drive around in his stupid little Dodge Magnum looking for women in areas known for sex work and in bars. You know what I was thinking when I was reading this about him? It's too bad that this was before Eileen mm-hmm. was killing people. <laughs> I, I knew you were about to say that. That's so fucking true. Right? Because he deserved it. Yeah. A million percent. He, she needed to take him out. Damn it, Eileen. Where were you when he was roaming the world? <laughs> He'd persuade his victims 
into getting in his car. He'd take them back to his apartment, bind them with rope and collars. I just hate that. Mm -hmm. Um, Sadistically rape them, murder them, either by strangulation, cutting their throats, or bludgeoning them. He'd then dump their bodies in the woods off rural roads, and he liked to pose them. It said unique positions. I didn't look too far into that. What a piece of shit. Mm -hmm. So... I just wanted to give you a little bit of insight into what Lisa was dealing with here. Because this isn't about him. He was fucked up, but this story is not about him. Her story starts out awful before she even meets him, gets worse, and then ends with a a beautiful bang. Oh, good. Okay. A beautiful bang. A beautiful bang. Like not from a gun. <laughs> oh, okay. Just a, like a firework. Gotcha. Okay. Like an explosion. <laughs> so Lisa didn't have a great childhood either. She was born to an alcoholic and drug-addicted mother who eventually ended up living on the streets. After this happened, she was in and out of foster care for seven years. And when she was 14, Lisa moved in with her grandma and her grandma's boyfriend, who sexually and emotionally abused her for years. She said that he would hold a gun to her head every time he molested her, grandma's boyfriend. And this, of course, left her depressed obviously and she'd gotten to the point where she couldn't take it any longer she couldn't cope with the abuse and the trauma from the abuse anymore so at 17 years old 17 she decided that she was going to end her own life Mm, lisa i know isn't that so she had a job working nights at a krispy kreme Ooh, krispy kreme warmed up in the microwave for eight Uh seconds how many (laughs) eight eight okay that's a magic number yeah during the early morning hours of November 3rd, 1984, Lisa got off work, she got on her bike, and she started pedaling home. When she... Do you remember this now? I know this. I watched yeah. a, I watched a uh, movie about it. like yeah. a re- Not like a documentary, but an actual movie. Yeah. Yeah, there is one. Yo, I think it's called Believe Me. That was such a good one. Mm-hmm. <gasps> yes. Okay. When she got home, she was going to carry out the plan she had for taking her own life. She even had her suicide note already written fucking like squeeze your heart but fate had a different plan for lisa a driver in a car came up on her from behind as she was bicycling on the sidewalk and honked their horn lisa ignored the car at first she kept on riding she turned around a few minutes later and saw this same car was now parked in the parking lot of a church Mm -hmm. before she even knew what was happening bobby joe long ripped her off her bike and pressed the barrel of a gun to her left temple he dragged her across the street and shoved her into his car, the same one that was following her. She she took note of this. She noticed a huge knife sitting in between the seats before he blindfolded her. He bound her wrists and her feet, reclined her seat back, and drove off. This is a direct quote from Lisa. Quote, here I was thinking about killing myself, and now I was going to be fighting for my life. End quote. Lisa, though, was fucking smart, and at only 17 years old, she had more wits about her than I've probably ever had in my Mm -hmm. entire Mm -hmm. life. Yep. (laughs) Mm -mm. She decided she wasn't going to die that night, so she had her eyes most of the way covered, but with the blindfold still. She was able to kind of peek out, and she made it a point to remember every single detail that she could. She managed to see the word Magnum on the car he put her in, Uh so she remembered that, and she kept track of how long she was in the car for, about 30 minutes, and she was able to discern that his apartment was somewhere near a wooded area. She got that much. She even counted the number of steps it took to walk up to his apartment. I would never think I of know. this. I know. Nope, neither would I. Being that scared. Yep. Never. She made it a point to remember that it smelled new inside, like new carpet or paint or furniture or whatever. He smuggled her into his apartment and raped her at gunpoint repeatedly over the course of 26 hours. 
She said that he raped her so many times that she lost count. Lisa tried to figure out Bobby's appearance by feeling his face. He had these like weird moments of like softness and he would take her hands and guide them over his face. That's fucking weird. Uh-huh. I don't like but it. But that exactly is mm-hmm. his fucking downfall. Yep. The fact that he had a little bit of humanity in yep. him. She was able to tell that he had pock marks, short hair. He was clean cut, shorter, not heavy set, but a big man. It's like, it blows my mind. I don't know. Uh-huh. At one point, he took her into the bathroom and she made it a point to touch as many things as she could to leave her fingerprints all over in case he did kill her without him noticing she had to do all this. Lisa even knew how to act to give her the best chance at survival because she said he was really aggressive and she just did whatever he said. She was scared that he would kill her if she didn't comply. But Lisa was smart in more ways than one because she understood that she had to earn his trust Mm -hmm. and use it to her advantage. At one point, she asked him why he was doing this and he said he confessed that he was getting back at women in general for a really bad breakup with another girl. That seems like that's the, how you do it. Yeah, that seems like the intelligent thing yeah. to do. No, go just be, take it out yeah. on, you know, a no. hundred women. Go be self-destructive if you feel the need to destroy something. Yeah. Leave innocent kids alone. I put you fucking sewer-sucking slime ball. <laughs> <laughs> God. So around 3 a.m. the next morning, where it's over 24 hours here, Bobby got Lisa dressed, which is creepy. Mm-hmm. And he asked her, what am I supposed to do with you? <laughs> yeah, well... Okay, buddy, you figured out the rest of it. You couldn't figure out this part? Right? God. Lisa, still blindfolded and bound, replied, and she says that she talked to him like she was a Mm four-year-old on purpose. I just, how is she so smart? Okay. She said, quote, listen, I know you said you've done this to other women before because of the broken relationship. It's unfortunate how we met. You seem like a nice guy. I can take care of you. This is exactly what he wanted Mm -hmm. to hear. I'll be your girlfriend and I won't tell anyone how we met, end quote. She said some other things like how her dad was sick and she was an only child and she had to take care of him. None of that was true. But she knew what she was doing because it worked. He said something like, no, I can't keep you. Keep you. Mm -hmm. Uh, He asked her where she lived and said that he could drop her off in the area where she lived. So he did. This is another direct quote from Lisa. Quote, I think he took sympathy on me, but I don't know why he didn't kill me. He drove off. I pulled my blindfold down, and the first thing I saw was this gorgeous, beautiful oak tree. That's the moment I knew my life was about to change for the good. I saw the branches of a new life. End quote. Lisa also got a quick peek at Bobby's face when she lifted the blindfold before he sped off. So she goes to the police and tells them everything. His description, all of those minute little details that she like cataloged away in her like brain. Like the steps I going up to the yes. apartment. I just, I don't understand how I love it. She was even able to tell them roughly what time he stopped at an, at an ATM on the way to drop her off. And she knew because of what was what tv show was playing oh before they left yeah like i so would never smart. even think of that no and she said when they stopped at this atm they were close to a quality inn and a howard johnson's motel she told him about his car the color how it said magnum on the dash and an idea of where his apartment might be which helped them set up a search radius one of the first things police did was look for an atm that would be close to the hotels she named and since atms weren't too common in 1984 there was only one that it could be the bank was able to give them a list of customers who use this atm that night and there's only one person on the <laughs> list like they didn't even have to narrow it down and the fuck stick was bobby joe long I just hate him. Mm-hmm. He was arrested on November 16th, 1984, and charged with the kidnapping and the sexual battery of Lisa. 
Three other jurisdictions had forensic evidence on him, though, from the murders, and he was eventually connected to those two, and he was eventually given the death penalty. Good. And Lisa, she had a quote that I read, and she was like, I'm glad that it happened to me, like 17-year-old me, because if this happened to another 17-year-old girl, they might not have known right. like, what to do. I'm like, she must have watched a lot of crime shows. I think she said she did. Yeah. I wouldn't know. I would never. Mm-hmm. I would just And even now, you don't know, like, when you get into that situation, are you just going to totally succumb to everything? Yeah. Or are you, are your instincts just going to kick in? You're right. just going to fucking rock the shit Because I'm a panicker. Yeah. Not an external yeah. panicker. I'm like an inward panic- yeah. panicker. Yeah. And my brain's not going to be able to, it's not going to be able yeah. to do that. I yeah. just, I already know that. <laughs> I already know it. Okay. Lisa McVeigh is now Lisa Noland. She went on to pursue a career in law enforcement. She's in her 50s now, and she's a deputy at the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office. The same office she helped capture Bobby Joe Long. I love that. I know. I fucking mm-hmm. love it. In April of last year, 2019, in case you're listening to this in the future, Lisa sat front row to witness his execution by lethal injection 35 years after her attack, wearing a shirt that said long on the front and overdue on the back. <laughs> Not great. Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> she spoke after the execution and said that she wanted to tell Bobby thank you for giving her a reason to fight for her life mm-hmm. and to be able to save other victims. She later ripped up her suicide note. Aw. I love, I love that ending. Yeah, I love like, everything it about that. It was a horrible story, but it could not have ended mm-hmm. better. I wish these other women didn't have to die. Yeah. And I'm just going to name his, his other victims. That we know of. Yes. Artist Wick was 20, Huen Long, 19, Michelle Sims, 22, Elizabeth Loudenbach, 22, Vicki Elliott, 21, Chanel Williams, 18, Karen Dinsfriend, 28, Kimberly Hops, 22, Virginia Johnson, 18, and Kim Swan, 21. I f- totally fucking forgot that I watched that movie based on Lisa's yeah. story. It's kind of I, well known. I thought you might. It yeah. Might ring a bell. I I don't. I think it, I don't even know when it, the bell fucking rang, but it did. And yeah. I re- still remember I was watching it upstairs in this house. Rory was down here. I was pregnant, oh, and yeah. um, it was such an inspiring movie. Mm-hmm. I can't even explain. I felt so good after I watched it. Yeah. Just because there was a fucking happy ending finally. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. knowing that she went on to do that, you know yes, what I mean, and, and I love become it. somebody, an advocate for other people. Yeah, it I just love really... it so much. Like, it could not have ended better for her. No. Um, You guys, we'll put the movie down in the show notes, and you guys should watch it, because it does, like, divert a little bit from the mm-hmm. story. Um, But it's so fucking yeah, good. Yeah, I think it's called I Believe Me. I think so. I think yeah. that's what it's called. I, can... I just, like, what a perfect career for her to go into if she's already thinking if she already had it in her brain to remember all of these details and clues and everything like she's in the right fucking line of work and one million percent and i think that sometimes it does take something i mean unfortunately but it does take something to really show you how much you want to live right in order for you to really live but i get that i get that feeling i i understand that completely yeah and i'm glad that she was able to pull herself out yeah of that same of his grip and depression's grip and that and bastard grant um yes. grandma's boyfriend's grip too okay so i'm excited to know who you're doing because you told me a few contenders oh okay but you think i don't think you picked either of them no i don't think so <laughs> okay. okay so i am going to be telling you about saya ravasfar 
Okay. Have you heard of her? I don't think so. You might have. By the name, doesn't sound familiar, yeah. but I might. And I might be totally butchering that name, so I'm very sorry about that. I'm trying, though. Saya Ravasfar became a mom at eight years old. Eight? Yeah. Well, not technically. Oh. Well, not technically. She was actually even younger than that. And not biologically, of course, but to her younger brother and sister. She was not only a sibling, but also looked out for them and took care of them as if they were her own, because their mother chose drugs, alcohol, going out, and meeting men over her three children. That's so fucking unfair. Mm -hmm. So fucking unfair. You need to have a childhood. That's yeah. not... You, <sighs> you need to have a fucking mother. Yeah. So, let's start at the beginning. Saya was born to Patricia... <laughs> Patricia, Patricia, Patricia and Ahmad and lived in Florida. When she was only five years old, her parents divorced. And despite claims that Patricia wasn't fit to be a mother, she was awarded custody of Saya and her younger siblings, Sarah and Arash. Inconsistency was the only consistent thing in the kids' lives. Mm -hmm. I thought I was a fucking poet when I wrote that last <laughs> night. I was like, oh, fuck, yeah. The only things certain in life are death and taxes. <laughs> yep. They would bounce from home to home while their mother did drugs, consumed a shit ton of alcohol, and had many run-ins with the local law. In 1987, Saya was molested by Ray Wyke, an ex-boyfriend of her mother's. Ray convinced Saya not to tell anyone by threatening her, of course. Fucker. Mm -hmm. He said if she told, he would kill her family members. And that's a very fucking real threat. To when you kid? are eight years old yeah. and someone is saying that he is going to murder the people that you love the most, you shut the fuck up. An adult. Yeah. Here, yeah. Yeah. I want to <laughs> threaten him is what I want to do. Same. And make him believe it. Make him believe that I'll cut off his fucking testicles if he ever touches another little girl. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> anyway. You see Sons of Anarchy where they do cut off a guy's balls? Mm -hmm. Yeah. No. Because he did um, that. You want me to watch Sons of Anarchy. Cassie and Christina want me to watch this fucking thing. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. I could never get into that. I don't like dragons and That's shit. Sorry, thing. Cassie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try for them. Um, anywho. So that threat was obviously more than enough to convince Saya to keep quiet and just deal internally with the physical and emotional toll it took on her at only seven years old when that happened mm. the first time that's hannah's age yeah can she's no. a baby i can't even like she's a baby i can't even think about that on <sighs> september 21st of 1988 Saya was eight years old her mom went out to party which was typical for her and Saya even remembers it was a school night. And that just fucking speaks volumes. Like, okay, mm -hmm. if you're a mom and you need to go fucking get the fuck away from your children and have a night out, you do that. But typically mm -hmm. it's not going to be on a school night when you're their only <laughs> parent in their life. Right. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, and who the fuck knows what else she was doing, right. despite it being a school night. And at some point during the night, Saya woke up, realizing she was being carried out of her home. Mm-hmm. Mm when she came to, like, out of her, like, groggy state, and she looked up at the man, she realized she knew the man who was carrying her. Was it fucking molester? It was prick? fucking Chester the molester, Ray Wyke. Oh, I hate him. And to Saya's complete fucking horror, after placing her in his shitty old Dodge, he came back out of her house with her sister, Sarah, in his arms as well. He took both of them? Both of them. Oh, my God. And the love that saya had for sarah was literally like a mother and child how old was sarah do we know i can't remember a couple i think maybe oh uh, she, she might have been seven at the time but i could okay. be wrong six or seven okay. i think so the girls have no idea what the hell is going on but once ray pulls off onto a secluded 
dark road and ties Sarah up, mm-hmm. they both start freaking the fuck out, pleading with him to take them home. Yeah. That breaks my heart. Mm-hmm. Can you, you can just fucking, no. just imagine. No. You can just fucking imagine to. them sitting back there fucking terrified. Already scared because he said that he was going to kill her right. family. Right. And he's been molesting her. God. So apparently Ray had said that if they were good or well behaved, then he would take them home to their mother. Which is so fucking disheartening now that I know where the story goes because he was giving them complete false hope. Mm -hmm. And that fucking kills me. Yeah. So trigger warning time. Rape and death things are coming. So and also to young girls. So if you don't want to hear this, if it's triggering you, if you're going to be triggering me, it it triggered me. It still triggers me. It like makes me nauseous to read it. It Mm -hmm. it made it put me in such a foul fucking mood last night. I had to put myself to bed. Yeah, I was so upset after doing it. But um, so yeah, if any of those things bother you, which no fucking kidding, they should bother everybody. But if you can't handle listening to it, skip ahead probably 10 fucking minutes because it's gonna it's gonna take a little bit. Ray proceeds to then leave Sarah tied up, and he rapes Saya until daybreak. Oh, my God. She said it was brutally painful, but it eventually stopped hurting, and she just waited for it to be over. I hate, I hate this. Uh-huh. And she had said that he never tied her up because she knew that she would not leave her sister. Yeah. So he only tied oh, Sarah up. What a fucking... Yeah piece of human so just another way to fucking control you know but but get off on the fact that he didn't have to tie her up anyway i'm not going to go any further into the rape um saya does go into a little bit more detail about it if you watch her interviews and Mm -hmm. the i survived special or the i survived episode that she did but i frankly i just don't fucking want to so when he was done torturing her he had saya walk in front of him and he carried Sarah behind her as she was still tied up and they went deeper into the woods. They went about 150 feet or so and then stopped. He told the girls, quote, say your prayers. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. He then took Ugh. out a large knife and began cutting into Saya's throat. No. She felt the blood start running out of her and she fell to the ground and she said she chose to stay as still as possible, fearing that if she moved, he would know that he hadn't fully killed her and he would come back again. Oh, my God. What a smart girl. Yeah. At eight. Yeah. He then went to Sarah, who was panicking, thrashing around on the ground, tied up and crying. <sighs> Saya said eventually she heard no more sounds come from her sister. Aww. Ray ran away from the girls, jumped into his piece of shit dodge and sped off. Saya was able to make it over to Sarah, who also suffered a slash to the throat, so he was basically just trying to kill them in the same way. She could tell that Sarah was not going to answer her, but she cried her name anyways over and over again. Oh, I'm going to cry. I know. I know. (laughs) I fucking hate this. Why are you doing this to me? I know. (laughs) Eventually, realizing that she wasn't going to be able to help Sarah, and knowing that she needed to get herself help... She was smart enough to make it out of the woods into the road, and she flagged down a passing vehicle, which had a couple inside of it, who luckily just happened to be in the right place at the right time. Oh, my God. This Mm -hmm. girl. Uh Uh-huh. At eight. Yeah. They reported, the couple reported Mm -hmm. that she had one hand up in the air flagging them down, and another pressed up against her throat to try and slow her blood loss. (laughs) 
God. They immediately took her in and drove her to a store to call for help. This was like right around when cell phones were coming, like the big brick phones or maybe mm-hmm. not even, not even that. I don't know. So they got to the store and they called the ambulance. So while on the way to the closest store, Saya told them that a man named Ray took her and her sister from their home and that Ray killed their sister. Is and she that- alive? No. She she did die? Yeah. Oh. I'm sorry. I thought you were going to tell me they No, they I found fucking her. wish. I fucking wish. So while this fucking eight-year-old has her throat slashed open, was just raped for hours on end, saw her sister die, and tried to struggle to get to the fucking road, had her, her neck bleeding, cut open, mm-hmm. she was able to say this because she wanted to make sure that her sister did not die in vain. Yeah. She wanted to make sure that if she died, people knew that Ray was the one behind it and he Good. would pay. So, yeah, even in those moments, she knew how important it was to make sure that they knew that Ray did it. Mm-hmm. Once an ambulance got to her, they raced to the nearest hospital. Saya's heart stopped beating on the way. Oh. Yeah. They were able to get it restarted again, but it stopped again one, two or three more times when oh she got God. to the hospital. The knife nearly missed her jugular vein, something that doctors called a miracle. Wow. Mm-hmm. Saya survived. Her sister did not, and she was hungry for fucking justice. Yeah, good. So mm-hmm. am I. Let's Let's fucking get it, bitch. (laughs) So, police were able to track Ray down and found his bloody clothing still in his home. What a dumb fuckwit, right? Good, but dumbass. (laughs) He was ultimately tried for his crimes, Saya even testifying against him. Good. Like a baby. And that was, I mean, it made a huge impact on the case. That's good. They don't do that a whole lot, though. So they must have really thought she had, like, the resolve. Yeah. To get through that and do it. Wow. It sounds to me like, I mean, clearly she was forced to grow up at a very young age mm-hmm. and raise her younger siblings. So yeah. she probably was very, like, composed and, mm-hmm. like, very factual about things. Right. So. Yeah. Um, so Ray was convicted of first-degree murder, sexual battery, two counts of kidnapping, and attempted murder. Okay. The bastard was sentenced to death. However, he managed to appeal and avoid his execution for 15 fucking years. Fuck you, mm-hmm. piece of shit. Ultimately, he succumbed to cancer in 2004, which just fucking irritates me. I hate that that's the way he died. I know, but I hope it was drawn I hope out it was long and painful. And painful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Same. After all of this bullshit that Patricia put her children through with her negligence, it, that was her fault that that happened to her. Mm-hmm. One million percent. Obviously, no, Ray's fault, it was too. the man's fault. But it was, all, it was Patricia's fault <laughs> but, that she put her in that situation. Yes. Because Ray would have never even had the opportunity right to number one know who she was probably who she was be where she was get into her home her mother was leaving them in their house eight year old yeah at the oldest while she went out to fucking party but he would have found i'm sure he would have found i'm sure he would have found some little girls yeah i'm sure but but no piece of shit mom yeah one million percent she should not have control she should not have her children no but ultimately you have he's responsible for what he did He's responsible, but I feel it wouldn't have happened to her child. Okay, in this context, because she's trying to get them back. Mm -hmm. She wants to keep custody. She doesn't get, she doesn't fucking deserve that. No. So their father was awarded Mm -hmm. custody of the children, and Patricia tried to appeal the decision and fight it many, many times over years, and it just got nowhere, which I'm fucking glad about. Mm -hmm. She wanted to be a parent after she had already failed her three children. Right. Yeah. So... Saya said that her father is like truly her rock in life. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and the main reason that I chose to do this story is because of what Saya turned her story into. Mm-hmm. So she said that throughout her life, she has been told time and time again that she's a survivor, but she prefers to be called a fighter. Aww. And I think that that's really fucking cool. Yeah. Saya chose to dedicate her life to help put the quote unquote monsters of this world away. She said she passed a New York state police exam in 2001 got married in 2010, and has a little boy. I think he's eight or close to it, if not. Mm-hmm. So that's, I mean, she basically so similar to Lisa. She became a cop, too. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. I just think it's so fucking cool that she found a way to turn her story into something that is, was more empowering than mm-hmm. disempowering. Right. Is that a word? Because yeah. it would be so easy uh-huh. to just let it eat you alive. For the rest yeah. of your life. And she said it took a lot of therapy, like years of oh, therapy sure. and working on herself and working through, you know, her anger with her mother and her anger with Ray and mm-hmm. her anger just about her fucking life situation in general. Yeah. But you can tell that she's just in a really good fucking place. And I'm sure that there are times or times. I'm sure that there are moments when, you know, things aren't easy for her. Mm-hmm. But just the way that she composes herself. Yeah. And the life that she's chosen for herself. I just think it's really fucking awesome. I love survival stories. Yeah. And that's that. They lived. They lived. Our girls lived. I I really wish that Sarah would have made it. And I'm sorry that she didn't. And it makes, it breaks my fucking heart that she died like that. But her sister was literally her champion and got that piece of shit put away for good. And he never touched another little girl again. I could cut off their balls. I could cut off everything on them. Tori. Katie. Reading, watching, listening. Reading, watching, listening. I am still reading the same (laughs) fucking book because my life is in shambles. Um, Rewrite the Stars. Yeah. Still reading that. It's a great book. I just haven't got through it. Um, And I'm watching nothing. I haven't been watching did anything. Did you watch her I Survived episode? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I did watch her I Survived episode. 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 I watched her I Survived episode. And I have not listened to anything either. I've basically just been... Well, I had to edit my book back from the editor. Mm-hmm. I sent her a new book. Um, and then we, Crystal and I decided to put this fucking masked author thing together on a... <laughs> goddamn whim you're doing too much so i'm just doing all of that shit and, and you're spelling everything still wrong. it's your turn to write your chapter for our book yes and i do want to work on raven's grove i'm not getting on you that's not what i'm doing i'm tomorrow. just adding to the list that's yeah all. there's a yeah. big fucking list so yeah. it never those, ends it it really truly never ends so mm. those are all the things that i'm not doing <laughs> and katie i okay on the I, kick drum, come, come, on the kick drum. Katie on the kick drum, come, 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 on the kick drum. And ting, ting, and ting, ting, Okay, you got to Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Katie. I finished Little Fires Everywhere. Oh, fuck. I stayed up till two in the morning last night. I watched that too. And I'm so mad that it's yeah, over. I know. I thought they did a really good job with it. It did stray from the book a, a little, quite a bit, but they did, good, they did a good job. The costume... The mm-hmm. costume design was yeah. fucking awesome because yeah. it was 1997. Yeah. You don't see a lot of TV shows set then. Right. Usually if they're in the past, they're like a lot further Old. in the past. But this is a time that like we were alive mm-hmm. and remember well. Mm-hmm. And just all the small, subtle little details. 
like oh shit like the one kid said okay i'll go to homecoming as long as i don't play that fucking sugar ray song yes. and i'm like sugar ray yeah like yeah oh it was i like thought it was we were so cool. in that time again yeah they did a really good job yes carrie washington is phenomenal she's so intense in everything she, that she does and she's yeah. so good i don't know and she can clearly play multiple parts i mean yeah. obviously yeah she went like from scandal to that just thinking mm-hmm. she went like from this to this type of person yeah you know and i don't know that was crazy yeah. and i didn't read the book but i just fucking loved it was so good that series and um uh reese witherspoon hits an octave in her screaming that i've never heard her hit before <laughs> like she was really good too yeah she's always good she's came a long way from legally blonde honey yes she has um i've been listening to my favorite murder here and there where i can snippets yeah. my kids aren't old enough to hear I just, I don't want them to hear most of that stuff, which is, I wanted to say something. I was editing, um, our mini-sode last uh-huh. night and I was laughing with my headphones on <laughs> the stuff that we were saying and Hannah's sitting next to me. She's like, what? I want to hear it. Cause she knows it's a podcast. She uh-huh. knows it's us. And so I unplug my headphones and play it and like the word fuck was said like three times and she's like bad word she goes you gotta delete that you gotta gotta delete that mom just delete that bad word (laughs) like okay so we can't say fuck anymore guys sorry well um reading i'm actually started the great gatsby rereading rereading it okay for um one of our secret projects that we have coming up eventually Uh eventually eventually so yeah Yeah, and you're reading um what we forgot to bury right yes i am reading that one too yeah that's good and, and pride and persuasion, like a lot. Oh God, yeah. I'm a. Uh, I don't think I'm really reading anything besides that one. Yeah, you've been doing a lot of other shit. Shit is the best way to put it. All right, guys. If you want to send us um, hate mail, love mail, indifferent mail, you can do that at cruel and unusual the pod mm-hmm. at gmail.com. You can join our Facebook group. It's cruel and unusual the group um what else oh our instagram is at cruel and unusual the pod our twitter is at cruel unusual pod <laughs> we don't tweet but i saw us. i saw we tweeted i did I yeah i tweeted it. twice last week <laughs> yeah <laughs> wow um, we've got our patreon that's in our link tree and our bios all over the place it's a fun time you get some free stuff and some behind the scenes access so to speak and you can find our merch link too merch link so you can get your trust all your guts sticker trust all your guts or your talk true crime to me sticker i want to make a blueberry bagel design oh good idea (laughs) you guys i fucking live for those goddamn blueberry bagels (laughs) i just can't i can't honestly quite honestly cannot live without them if i do not get to start my day off with a fucking blueberry bagel my day is it's just shot As of right now, the dark horror and ca- the dark horror. As of right now, the dark, the dark horror is me. The dark horror is Katie. As of right now, the dark horror and history con that we're going to be at in October is still on. Still on as so of now. So let's hope that that stays and you can come see us if you live in IL or close to IL. If you live in IL, IO, is it IO, WI, just, you know. It'll why i fucking hate ourselves <laughs> why would anyone want to come God. see us anyway you guys yeah. stop fucking listening to this love you bye <laughs> love you bye god i want broccoli cheese soup <laughs>